I can tell you're feeling wary, but you can count on Uncle Barry. He can turn this butchy duck into a swan. Your whole look could use a shake-up. You can borrow all my makeup and the pair of spanks I currently have on. I think I'll pass. Hello to all of you on Lily Hearts, and welcome back to the Next Best Theater Podcast. I'm Lauren LaMagna, and I am your host today for this episode. And if you haven't guessed what we're talking about today, it is the beauty gem that is The Prom. Today, I am joined by Michael Schwartz. Hello, everyone. Looking forward to changing some lives. <laughs> Dan Bayer. Thanks a lot, Lauren. You've I'm crying already, and we haven't even started. <laughs> Nicole Ackman. Hi, everybody. Cody Derricks. I love referring to something as a beauty gem. That's great. (laughs) (laughs) Seriously. Prom is such a cutie. She's got to get it. And Casey Lee Clark. Ladies and gentlemen, the non-equity cast of Godspell. Let's go. (laughs) Yes. Yes. Now... We decided to pick the show for multiple reasons for this episode. One, because it's great and we should all talk about it. And two, because obviously there is a new movie adaptation directed by Ryan Murphy that will be on Netflix for for streaming on December 11th. So in preparation for that, we thought it was the perfect time to look back at this beauty, beauty little gem of a show that was on Broadway not too long ago. So before we just dive in, why don't we just talk about everyone's experience with the show? Because again, it was on Broadway not that long ago, and it was at a time where it was really incredibly popular and celebrated. So Michael, what's your story with the prom? So my story with the prom, I like to put the prom in a category, and I think this is an ongoing series now, of Nicole proving Michael wrong. (laughs) (laughs) my favorite series (laughs) yes and i'll explain what i mean by that uh the prom opened on broadway around this time uh it was like fall 2018 and nicole i think you saw it pretty early into the run right i saw it in january like the first week of january uh 2019 yeah yeah it's still fairly early and uh i'm gonna let you tell your story of course but the reason i mentioned that is because you sent me a message afterwards saying there's this musical the prom you'd really like it i'm like i'm not seeing any musical called the prom get out of here this is so ridiculous i'm not seeing a musical called the prom come on keep in mind who's the youngest one of this uh podcast recording hey no i think that might be me no it might be lauren (laughs) yeah cody you forget we're with a bunch of babies Oh, my God. You all be quiet. I'm not going to see the prom. And I was like, okay, you know, sure, whatever, maybe. Maybe I'll listen to the album and call it a day. And I did. And I was like, okay, this is wittier than I thought. Turns out there's some very funny Broadway humor in here. But I don't know that I want to go to New York and see it. And then I heard about this movie coming out with this amazing cast, Meryl Streep, Ryan Murphy, all these people involved in it. I'm like, okay, maybe I need to rethink this. Nicole told me I'd like it. Let's go up to New York. So up to New York, I went with a fellow member of this podcast. So I'll let talk about that when we get to them. And uh, turns out I love the prom. Who would have thought? It is probably the funniest show to come around to Broadway since the producers, which is really saying something. Uh, can't remember the last time a show just left me so enthused and overjoyed and just genuine laughter and heart for an original concept. And that is just terrific. A rare thing and i'm so excited to talk about the show in detail and what we hope to get out of this upcoming film adaptation so uh the prom is great and if you haven't listened please you know spend the time before the movie listening to the album and getting acquainted with it because it's just wonderful 
It is wonderful. And I just love how it makes the audience just feel so uplifted by the end of it. And it's just, uh, it's so good. Um, Dan, what about your story with the prom? So I am a huge, huge, huge fan of uh, Bob Martin and Chad Buglin's previous musical, The Drowsy Chaperone, which if you somehow don't know The Drowsy Chaperone, um, get yourself acquainted. It is, if possible, even more delightful than The Prom, although in a very, very, very different way. (laughs) But I digress. and so when I heard that they were writing a new show, I was naturally very excited. Um, and it premiered actually uh, down in Atlanta, where I have some friends. And because I went to college there and worked with the artistic director at the theater where it produced. Um, and I, I heard, like, respectable things about it, but, like, that it wasn't great. But then, you know, things often get retooled on the road before they hit to Broadway. And I was very excited to see it for the cast. And especially once I um, saw the performance by the cast on the Thanksgiving Day Parade that year um, in 2018, I think. Oh, my God, it seems like forever ago. Um and it, it was notable because that was the first time that the parade had ever aired a same-sex kiss. And there was this huge uproar about this kiss. And I remember thinking, like, you know, when I was looking at the plot of this show, it feels a little like, well, that's going to be, like, very obvious and pandering to the, you know, the liberals that pay hundreds of dollars a ticket to see Broadway musical comedies about Broadway stars doing anything. Um, And, but (laughs) the very uproar around the fact that there was this kiss between two girls aired on the, as part of the Thanksgiving Day Parade kind of single-handedly justified the musical's existence because clearly we, this is an issue that is pretty big in the world. Um, you know, it's not just like they're making it up out of their ass and making fun of it. This is a real thing. And then I went to see it and I fell head over heels in love. Uh, I had waited for like two hours in line in the freezing cold in the morning to get rush tickets for me and uh, my one of my best friends. And we were in like the second row in the center of the orchestra and just dying the whole time. You know, we stand Casey Nicola for having choreography so insane that all of the high school girls are attending prom in Ked's sneakers. You know, <laughs> and I just like, I was laughing all the way through the first act. And then the, the first act ends and I was like practically in tears because it's so, God, the ending of act one is so beautifully staged. Uh, um, in that production and then just like kept alternating between laughter and tears throughout the rest of the show. And I don't think I've been that this emotionally involved in a show in a very long time. Um, so then I took my mom to see it for mother's day and she said that it was the favorite, her favorite show that she'd seen in years. So I am fully in the tank for this musical. (laughs) 
<laughs> I love it. I can't wait to talk about it more with you guys. I've probably talked too much about it already, but that's how I feel about this show. So, No, yeah, I love how the book of the musical combines or balances the drama and the comedy so well where it doesn't feel like one's overpowering the other. Even though it says it's a musical comedy, you do feel both so heavily. Mm-hmm. Yes. And like, I still have some questions about whether the traditional musical comedy format that the problem so wholeheartedly embraces and embodies is really the best vehicle to talk about homophobia in small town USA, but it's so delightful and is so emotionally affecting that I don't care. (laughs) Um, Nicole, what about your experience with the prom? Okay. So while, uh, Michael and Dan were talking, I did go back and find my Instagram post. So I know the exact day that I saw the prom. I was living in New York at the time that it opened and had seen, you know, a bunch of shows and it was on my list of one that I was interested in, but not like fully committed to, but a friend of mine, whose name is Fletcher, uh, wanted to buy tickets for the two of us to go see something as a Christmas present for me, which was very kind and very sweet of him. And Fletcher is gay, and so he said, you know, he was interested in seeing this because he heard it was a, you know, had a gay love story and it had to do with coming out. Um, and we also were like, oh, we should pick something that's fun. <laughs> so we got tickets and we saw it on January 4th. And honestly, before even the end of the first act, we were both crying. And all throughout the show, we would both just have tears streaming down our faces. And we would turn to each other and say, fun, fun. Um, Because, and, and the prom is a fun musical. But I think that what is not as readily apparent from a lot of the prom's marketing and stuff is that it's also pretty heart wrenching. And, like, I cried buckets. So that's that's now even, like, he'll text me and be like, do you ever listen to the album for our favorite fun musical? And I'm like, yes. Um, but I loved The Prom. I was really surprised by it. Musical comedies are not my thing. Um, people who've been listening to the podcast for a while will know that uh, I typically don't like musicals unless, like, at least half the cast dies in the end. <laughs> <laughs> that, that sounds like a joke, but it's, like, borderline not, like... <laughs> Um, it's really classic musical theater yeah (laughs) i'm like i am a lloyd weber girl like a uh, schoenberg and bubliel girl normally so the fact that i like the prom as much as i do like really means something i think but i do think it's a delightful show um i do think it's a flawed show i think that it has some issues um and i jive with like one half of it a lot better than i do with the other but all that said it's a really great show, and I do think it's a really great example of a musical comedy that works super well, and I cannot wait to talk about it more in depth with you guys. Okay, Cody, what about you? All right, so my experience with The Prom, as I warned uh, this group before we start recording, is probably the most limited of anybody here. I've only listened to the cast a few times, um, and I've only seen, not even, you know, unlicensed video recordings, I might say. <laughs> I've only seen, the you know, TV uh, performances, and Kind of similar to what everybody else has been mostly saying here. When I first read the concept of the prom, I was like, all right. Like, you know, it, it, it feels both pandering and kind of passe at the same time as a log line. You know, like this, the, the kind of base level acceptance uh, story for uh, the queer community feels a little bit outdated by 2018. Um, 
And I think that's even echoed by some things in the musical, like uh, the Love Thy Neighbor song just feels like something ripped out of like the Bush era. I was kind of, you know, it's like a little bit, it's almost like 10 years too late. But just like Dan said, the fact that it kicked up such a brouhaha of all shows uh, on the uh, Thanksgiving Day Parade, you know, with uh, complaints from, I assume, you know, mostly rural communities like the one featured in the prom. And I say this as somebody who grew up in a very rural community. Um, I guess it kind of, <laughs> in a meta way, proved the worth and necessity of a story like this, even in, you know, quote unquote, an enlightened age. Uh, so as for the actual structure of the show, I think it's totally fine. The score, I think, is mostly like, you know, 50-50. Uh, I lean more towards the uh, the youth numbers <laughs> rather than the kind of Broadway pastiche, which I don't find totally successful. But it all what it has in abundance is charm and joy, and sometimes that's truly all I need to see on Broadway. This is Krista Makes, guitarist and vocalist for Less Than Jake, and host of Krista Makes a Podcast, a songwriting podcast where every week I'm joined by an amazing guest to break down the writing, recording, and release of one iconic song from their career. In our giant, evergreen back catalog of episodes, we've had rock legends such as Dee Snyder and Huey Lewis, punk rock favorites like Mark Hoppus, Fat Mike, and Brett Gurowitz, and up-and-coming artists of today such as Liz Stokes of The Beths and Genesis Owusu. We've had guests from all genres and styles of music, and I guarantee that if you peruse our back catalog, you'll see several episodes that'll make you say, man, I gotta hear that. Whether you're a fan of music or a creator of music yourself, you'll take away a whole new appreciation for the songs you know and love. Chris Makes a Podcast is available for free on all the places you could possibly listen to podcasts. And new episodes come out every Monday. You've watched them in unforgettable adventures, love affairs, and tragedies. Now it's time to hear their own remarkable stories. From the makers of Death of a Rockstar and Death of a Sports Star, this is Death Ready. of a Film Star. And Starring Heath Ledger, Marilyn Monroe, Chadwick Boseman, Robin Williams, Carrie Fisher, and Bruce Lee. Search for Death of a Film Star in your podcast app. You've seen them tell stories. Now it's time to tell theirs. Awesome. And finally, Casey Lee Clark. Yeah, I feel like my story combines a lot of everybody's. Um, I, prior to joining MBP and thus having this little MBT community, I only really ever followed Broadway when it was either... I knew that there was a big revival coming or anything like right before and during Tony Awards would be when new shows would kind of come on my radar since I don't necessarily live in New York and I don't see as many shows. But the prom came onto my radar with that Thanksgiving Day performance. I literally was like in the middle of making my coffee and I hear them give the blur what the show is about. I'm like, huh, interesting. And then I like half watch and then I before I know it, I see these two girls kissing on screen. And I'm like, oh, isn't this lovely? Isn't this nice? And then I kind of tucked it away in the brain of like, that seems like a nice, fun show. Um, and then I remember it was right when we were all discussing the predictions for the Tony nominations that year, I believe, or something like that. And I was like, maybe I should listen to the prom. I think I remember texting Nicole being like, maybe I should listen to this. <laughs> and then I was like, oh, this is really, really fun. And then certain songs I was like, oh, I think I'm crying. <laughs> oh, no. Um, 
And then before I knew it, me and Michael decided to plan a trip to go up to New York and see it. And I had a wonderful time, a perfect balance of just gutterly sobbing and laughing hysterically. I think it has a great balance of those feelings, plus just feeling so joyous. Like I can't, even if I might have problems with the upcoming movie, I can't watch the trailer and hear those songs, see people dancing and not be smiling and feel good. And maybe that's also just because I also miss musicals in general, both (laughs) on stage and on screen, that I'm like, I'll take that joy anywhere I can get it. Um, But I think that it's a great show. I really loved seeing it in person. It was one of my theater highlights of recent years. And I think that it's a really fun show. I hadn't listened to the cast album for a bit, even though I listened to it a lot um, in the year that I saw it, but I forgot just how funny it is. Like even just listening to it while I did stuff around the house today, I was cracking up laughing and I knew what the lines would be. I've seen it. So I think that says a lot about it. And I'm also just a massive fan of Beth Level in general. I was in the Drowsy Chaperone in high school in the title role. Yay. Uh, so big Bob Martin fan. Happy, happy he's going to be getting that Netflix check. Uh, and yeah, I'm really excited to talk about it with everyone. I associate the show a lot with MBT because I don't think I would have really come to it in this way without all of you. And it's a nice show that we've all bonded over already. So I'm looking forward to talking about it. Oh, that's wonderful. Um, as for me, this was before MBT was a thing for me. I wasn't a part of the group and I was aware of the prom, but again, it kind of really like blew up with the Thanksgiving Day Parade because at first I thought, you know, it's just about four down on their luck Broadway veterans who look for something to do to get themselves more popular and decide to become, you know, LGBT activists and go to middle America to help this girl get her girlfriend to the prom and just, you know, chaos ensues. But then once the Thanksgiving Day Parade happened, I was just like, oh, this is actually, this is a catchy song and look at those dancers dance. I think I like this. And I would just keep watching it and watching it and watching it. And then those tweets would always, would just keep coming and coming. And I saw all the retweets and all the tracking of people supporting um, the people bashing, you know, the same sex kiss. And I loved that. I was thinking about this at my Thanksgiving table and people were talking about the prom. And I was like, oh my God, I think this is like a conversation going on around America. Like not just, you know, New York or the tri-state area or the Broadway company everyone across the country is probably talking about this little broadway show that was on the macy's thanksgiving day parade so i thought that was so cool and it's a completely original musical and that is so so rare in these days and age especially when you know we're really into movie adaptations for broadway musicals so the fact that we have i think an original musical here that's not based on anything and is made up of you know a pure imagination and just collaboration between songwriters and lyricists and actors and directors and Casey Nicola put something together out of thin air. I think that is so cool. And I miss musicals and I miss that original musical. And I think we should make more of those. Amen. <laughs> hey, everyone. Sorry to interrupt, but this is a preview of our full review of The Prom here on the Next Best Theater podcast, part of the Next Best Picture podcast umbrella. In order to get the full episode, you will have to head on over to Patreon, where for $1 minimum a month, you will get this episode and other exclusive podcast content from nextbestpicture.com. You have been listening to the Next Best Theater podcast, part of the Next Best Picture podcast. We are a proud member of the Evergreen Podcast Network, and you can subscribe to us anywhere where you subscribe to podcasts. 
Leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. Drop us a comment. Rate us five stars. Let us know what you think of the show. We really appreciate your feedback and your support. Thank you so much for listening as always. And we shall see you all next time. I'm a grown-up. Me too. Yep, me too. But you know, these days, being a grown-up can really suck. Luckily, we're grown-ups who grew up in the coolest generation. We had video arcades. And also some of the best TV and movies ever made. We lived the origin of awesome consumer electronics. The list goes on and on. Yep, Generation X. Exactly. And we're Gen X Grown-Up. Every week, the Gen X Grown-Up podcast explores media, tech, toys, games, and more from both yesterday and today. Through the eyes of Generation Xers who absolutely love that stuff. You can find us on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. Or find us on our website, genxgrownup.com. Alright, I think that was good enough? I I hope so, man. I'm tired. (laughs) Who listens to a promo on a podcast and then goes and listens to a different podcast? Right. I've never done it. (laughs) (laughs) Right.